This podcast is a production of the Mississippi State University Division of Development and Alumni. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bulldog Bites podcast. This program is produced by the Mississippi State Alumni Association and gives you a look at what MSU alumni and friends are up to on campus and around the world. My name is Sherry Carr-Smith, and I'm the immediate past president of the MSU Alumni Association. With spring break behind us, we're in the middle of a very busy time at the Alumni Association as the semester quickly comes to a close. During the last week of March, the association hosted our former national presidents, including myself, on campus at Hunter Henry. We had a great day visiting and talking about our times at MSU, and I appreciate the history and all the love of our university with these other former presidents. We shared a lot of great stories, and we also got to find out from Dr. Keenum and John Cohen, also um, other people on campus, what's happening, and we even got to hear from our new men's basketball coach, Chris Jans. The very next day, MSU recognized the inaugural class of Reveille 25 with a ceremony at the Hunter Henry Center. It was great to see this outstanding group of young MSU alums gathered together with family and friends to commemorate their achievements. A huge thanks to the alumni staff and the alumni delegates for making it a night to remember. We're already looking forward to our next group to honor next in 2023. Before we hear today's interview, we want to congratulate Randy J. Cleveland, a 1983 MSU graduate, on being selected as this year's National Alumnus of the Year. Randy led a distinguished career in the energy industry that took him across the world, retiring as an ExxonMobil production company vice president in 2019. To learn more about Randy and the rest of our alumni award winners this year, visit alumnimsstate.edu to read the full press release. Now, let's get to today's exciting interview. Brandon Harden graduated from MSU in 2006 with a degree in agronomy and has been serving as MSU Sports Turf Superintendent since 2014. He was nice enough to visit with us and take time from his very busy schedule as he takes care of all the grounds uh, at all the sports complexes on campus. It was great to hear about what he does and what his staff does, and it's all kind of behind the scenes learning how they take care of our athletic fields for all of our incredible athletes. Please take time and enjoy the interview today. Hail State. Good morning. I'm happy to have Brandon Harden with me today, who is over turf management at Mississippi State University. So that's a huge job, Brandon. How long have you been with Mississippi State? I graduated uh, from here in 2006, did a little stint at LSU for a year in 2007, and then came back here in February of 2008 to be uh, Bart Prather's assistant. I was his assistant for how many ever years, and then took over the reins in 2014 and been here ever since. I'm originally from uh, Belzona, Mississippi, which is over okay. in the Delta. Uh, yeah. Everybody, everybody's familiar with Belzona because it, you know, it is the catfish capital of the world. 
That is right. I'm proud proud of that. A lot of people know it as that. Um, And we did, you know, my my family, some of my family did raise catfish. So I've got a pretty extensive knowledge in what all goes into that as well. Now, what was your degree in from Mississippi State? Was it in, uh, I mean, obviously turf management, what specifically was your degree? Uh, Well, it's in, it's an agronomy degree with emphasis on golf and sports turf management. So it's, it's an extensive degree. You know, when I came here in 2001 as a freshman, I came here with a business degree and I had no idea that we even had the turf management uh, degree curriculum. And shortly thereafter, uh, one of my cousins, it's a little bit older than me, was working for athletics or had worked for athletics and got me involved with Mr. Brent Fry. And I fell into that and started working with athletics for a semester. And that's when I really discovered the, you know, the sports turf side of, of athletics. And so that made me change over. And I, I got to know Dr. Stewart and uh, swapped me over to golf and sports turf management curriculum and finished up in 2006. As we discussed, uh, Brandon, let's talk a little bit about a typical week if you're preparing for a football game at Davis Way. You know, what is your responsibility, you and your staff? We have a, a relatively small staff, especially in reference to other SEC schools. Um, I currently have four full-time guys that all have, you know, degrees in turf management. And then depending on the time of year, five to six students to help us you know, disperse some of that, that responsibility. Our students here do get a, they get a very, very extensive hands-on experience simply because everything we do is hands-on, right? Um, So, so we rely heavily on those students, whether we tend to get up and staff up to seven during the spring sports, just because of, you know, I need four students to help drag at baseball and I need three at softball. Um, and we don't, to help keep the cost of overtime hours down, we don't want that to be full-time employees if we don't have to be, uh, just from the budgetary standpoint. Um, now, you know, these guys, these four guys, two of them have two facilities themselves. So I have a strictly baseball guy, a strictly football guy, and then I have a one of my employees manages our practice football facility and our track facility together as well as the softball guy does softball and soccer together because those sports don't overlap in season sports, right? So um, it just helps disperse and spread out that overtime and that, you know, I do – I try to do my best to keep these guys from having to to be here on overtime as little as possible. I mean, that work-life balance is very, very, very important to me. Uh, simply because back when I was a student and, and even an assistant, we didn't have the staff I have now. So that, 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 you know, that's something I learned along the way, and it's very, very important to me. Well, it sounds like you have a huge responsibility, and, and people don't really see all the prep and the time that it takes to get these fields ready for the, you know, for the players. When we all come watch the game, it's just done, you know. So that's it's right. a lot of work, obviously. It takes a lot of time. A lot of people just see when, what I like to say, when the TV camera comes on. You know, for instance, if you're sitting at home and we're playing Alabama and football on TV, right? Well, the TV commentators come on, they kick in and they bring the broadcast live. There's already been 
two hours of team warm-ups practices. You know how it is if you come to a game. It's, you know, before it's two hours, 10 minutes, usually before kickoff, those teams are out there on that field. So by the time people see it, there's already been ultimately somewhat of a pregame, you know, full game set up or prep before that. Now, in our regards on game days, relatively easy. We get there early. We set up the sideline first with our grass saver, what they, you know, the tarp, the sideline tarps for the players to stand on as well as everybody else. So we're the first step in that. Um, there is method to our madness, and we're the first step in that process because after we go, the equipment managers go, then the trainers go, then, of course, the team gets there. And then you reverse that role at the end of the game when it's over with. So we're first in, last out. Even as far back as, you know, the prep week, what's well, not just that week, it's the week before. So our first game, we're prepping all year for that first game. You know, so by the time you get to that first game, it's the week before. So we lay out all of our logos, all the the beautification of it. We lay out right. the week before simply because game week is really, really, really crunched for time because we can't just dedicate that entire week to that football game. We still have women's soccer in season going, usually on the same th- Friday, Sunday schedule or Thursday, Saturday, right. depending on. So – we, we have to manage our time very, very, very crucially and tight because all these other facilities are going as well. Baseball is going, you know, now we're, we're, we're in fall baseball, fall softball. So it football right. game weeks are really, really extensive for us. And that's really, I guess, because you do all the different ones, the ones you've mentioned and football is kind of on its own. And then in the, in the spring, it sounds like it's a little bit more time intensive. Well, it's it's year round now because it used to be when I was a student here, we had the word season, right? So you yeah. had in season. So soccer was only really, 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 really important in season. Well, that's not the case now. We have five or six exhibitions, which are, you know, very important uh, yeah. in the spring. And then we you got recruiting and stuff like that. Uh, John told me, John Cohen, told me one time, me and Hunter Renfro, and then we're sitting there talking deer hunting, and John, you know, we, we were talking about something, and he said, you know, it's very valuable to know that the word season really only pertains to deer season anymore, meaning because you not only have recruiting, you have you have camps, you have conditioning year-round now uh, for certain times, so that that directly affects us. We, we have to, per, you know, prepare for all of those, even if it is a recruiting or or a conditioning event or daily exercise, whatever, we have to prepare for that every day of the week. So we get a slow period, what some people like to say, you know, I know you slow down. Well, that happens usually right there around that two weeks of Christmas. Our alumni recruitment network is an opportunity for you, our alumni, to reach out and impact the college decision of a prospective student. Through this program, we have a unique opportunity to share with students our experiences and love for Mississippi State University, while also inspiring them to join our Bulldog family. With activities like letter writing, attending college fairs, and serving as a representative at award ceremonies, you can play an integral role in strengthening our student body. I hope you'll join me in this mission to assure and strengthen our university's future. Hail State!
Sherry, the number one threat that we see, and, and it's obvious, you know, we live in Mississippi, right? And, and our saying here is if you don't like the, the weather, wait 15 minutes and it'll change, right? Right, right. Well, well that, that affects everything we do. I mean, from disease pressure to, to drought to, you know, cold, wet and desiccating plants, uh, I've learned a long time ago that you can't fight Mother Nature. You just got to kind of roll with her and go with it uh, and be prepared, you know, agronomically that we know and been taught to do the things like fungicides and stuff like that when the disease pressure is high. But Mother Nature is by far our biggest threat to anything we do, simply because if just say, uh, you know, like when we get in a hurricane season and we have a hurricane come through in football season, well, guess what? If, if we don't have that surface built properly and maintained properly so that, I mean, literally we had, uh, that last one last year when it came through the water still right. hadn't quit, it hadn't quit dripping off the top of the jumbotron yet. And they were practicing on the football stadium. So we have wow. to, we have to be prepared for those types of things, even though we can't fight mother nature, we've got to be able to roll with it and be prepared for it. So it's always, we're not only trying to stay two steps ahead of these coaches and administration and, and the needs and all the events and special stuff that we have to do for these, but we have to be two steps ahead of mother nature too, as much as we can to be able to be well prepared for our student athletes. And that's who we work for. You know, yes, we, we have to deal with a bunch of people every day, but ultimately we get up and come to work simply to serve our student athletes and to prepare these surfaces at the best possible ways that we can so that they can perform at the highest level. Because ultimately our goal is to help these kids win national championships. And we want to do that day in and day out. And we do it through a vast array of, you know, weather conditions and weather, weather patterns throughout the year. Do you take input from the players? Do they help you sometimes with the fields or not? Absolutely. You know, the, okay, you do. Absolutely. So not so much. Now, I did a bunch several years ago. Dak was very helpful. He could, he could describe to me. And I, I try not to bother them, especially on game day. But I do watch. If you'll if you'll see me around on football game days on a Saturday, I'm usually on the sideline walking, looking at different areas, looking at footing, looking at is it divoting a certain way? Because there are things we can change and tweak the surface, especially on football, for footing options. That's what we're looking at mainly. There's two aspects that are very important to me on the football field. One is that is helmet to ground concussions, in which that we have very few, if any. Uh, and then two is the footing, obviously, you know, and now that we practice more on the stadium, that has become more, you know, we have to be prepared. We're having to do some different things. We're having to step our game up a little bit more to try to keep that footing there longer into, you know, into December and in, in the, especially around the egg bowl, it's really tough to keep that grass where there's a proper footing. Now, Dak was very helpful to me because he could describe what he felt under his foot. Now we, there's a certain aspect of this that the players, we don't want them thinking about that. We don't want that them thinking about that period. Right. So if they're thinking about that, they're not thinking about what they need to be thinking about. So I try not to bother them, but in the event on a Monday or the next week I run across them, he could describe to me what he felt. And most of the time right. it was positive. 
But there were certain times we played, I think it was three games back to back that year in rain games. And he started describing what exactly was going on, which meant, you know, there was at that point, there wasn't much I could do about it. But at the same time, he was giving me that input. Now, Nick Fitzgerald after him, he couldn't really describe to me what he was feeling and what he was wanting. He was, he would call any kind of divot a pothole uh, and stuff like those types of things. So now as far as player input, I'll give you one guess which players positive and negatively communicate with us the most. And that's our stick in ball sports, meaning baseball and softball, because there's so many variables that go into You've got a stick, you've got a ball, you've got a baseball, we've got a synthetic surface with a grass surface and a dirt surface. So we're managing three surfaces in one at Duty Noble. Softball, we have synthetic sides, dirt infield, grass outfield, and then a stone warning track. So we're managing all those surfaces in one. And we're, I mean, given that we're preparing four to five hours early every day for those practices, you know, we do interact with the softball teams and the baseball teams more on an everyday level. And we do hear that input. We get that input from them. And of course we give it back to them some on, Hey, well, let's try this. Or do you mind if we try that? You know? And of course you've got, you've got four infielders at baseball and softball that if you ask them, all four of them want it a different way. Oh yeah. Everybody's got their own opinion. That's right. And it's typical. And, and, you know, back in the day we could do that and we still do, uh, we can change each spot from spot to spot on how they like it and how they feel comfortable. Well, now tell me, is this a field that you feel like you encourage people to go into? What would you give advice to somebody that was thinking about this? Because it is something very unusual and very different, but man, it's fascinating. One of my good friends, and it, I know you can't see it, the, there's a plaque beside that picture right there on the wall behind me. Um, one of my good friends, and he's a men, he was a mentor to us. He was at Texas A&M. Leo Gertz was um, he was a good friend, and and everybody across our league in the SEC really looked up to him. And he used to put it to us, you know, several times a year. We would we would talk about different things, and he he explained it to me at a very you know early into my career when I think I called him about something and was fussing and. Uh, he explained to me, he said, would you rather be sitting behind a desk? And I yeah. said, no, sir. I said, no, sir, not, not at all. And he's like, let me finish. And he said, you can, at the end of the day, when you get done anywhere on your responsibility, you can see where you've been. And that that is stuck with me because even all my kids, you know, yeah, if you want to choose an office job or any of that, yeah, by all means. But if you want to do something that you can literally and physically see where you've been and what you've done every day. Now, there is a negative side to that. You can see what you haven't done. You know, it's pretty easy and it, it'll jump out there to you and jump jump out really clearly to you. Um, but he, he kept that pounded in our heads that you can see what you did. For example, Scott Field football game week. We start game week one where there's usually lines out there because they've scrimmaged, but that's a pretty much a blank green two and a half acre canvas. And by the time we start at six o'clock that morning and finish at dark that first day, you can turn around and you can see every inch of what you just did. And that goes all the way across 
our curriculum. Same thing on the golf side of our curriculum. You know, you, same thing at a golf course. You can see what you've done. And that's that's one of the biggest things I try to explain to these kids, that it's very rewarding in that aspect because you can see those things. Whereas take an accountant, you know, accountant's desk is slapped full of papers and yeah, they might can see what they've done. And that's very rewarding too, I'm sure. But in what we do, you can physically see it. So I tell kids all the time, you're never going to get rich doing this, but it's very rewarding from a personal standpoint to be able to help these kids, meaning the student athletes. And it's that much more rewarding when just like last year at baseball, we won a national championship. We were a very small part of that. And that just drives you to keep going year in and year in and year out, and, you know, day in and day out. That keeps us driving to help those kids, knowing that we help them for at least 70% of that season at home, we help them win those games. And that's what ultimately drives us. That's that's pretty special, though, when you put it, it in is. that perspective. I love that because you're able to really see, like you said, what you do. Now, at a personal level, do you have to take care of your yard? How do you do all your I got the home? worst yard in the country. I can assure you that. <laughs> I figured I, that would probably be the last place that you had to deal with when you get home. My wife stays on me all the time when we lived actually in Starfall, I had the smallest yard in the subdivision and I killed it dead as a hammer uh simply because I didn't have time and didn't want to mow it um and now that we live 20 minutes north of Starfall, I've got a pretty substantial big yard and I killed it last year too and I don't want to mow it so it's one of those you know a mechanic doesn't want to go home and work on his stuff the same thing with, with that <laughs> But I, now, I, I enjoy I helping people. I enjoy helping people with theirs and the golf courses and athletic fields and stuff all around the state. But I mine just don't don't judge that. Don't judge me and my talent by, by my yard by any means. Well, I appreciate the work that you do. It's been fascinating learning about it because it's not something that we think about when we go to a ball game. We don't think about all the work goes ahead of time. We just love the way it looks. So, Brandon, thank you for your time today and just the. The information you shared it's been great and i just look forward to uh being at baseball soon and looking at what you've done out there at uh duty noble so thanks again for your time today thank you